Welcome listeners, but take heed. We will say whatever we need to share our knowledge, thoughts, and joy, and even things that do annoy. So join us now, but be aware, we have a tendency to swear. We'll dial it back a little bit, but frankly, we don't give a shit. Welcome to For Fox Sake, a Harry Potter book movie compare and contrast podcast. I'm Katie, and the Mississippi white-tailed deer in the seat next to me is Ellen. Oh, dear. Oh, for fuck's sake. (laughs) I had that coming, didn't I? (laughs) Yep. All right. Let's just fly into the Phoenix flashback. Last week, we covered the second half of Chapter 32, Out of the Fire, and the corresponding film scenes. For the first time, Pepto Bitchmall is actually completely justified in her anger towards Harry for sneaking into her office. However, the bitch slap may have been going a bit too far. Harry is proficient in code, except when someone else is using it. Or maybe Snape is just too good at code for his own good. Umbridge decides to turn the school into Hogtanamo Bay by bringing torture into the mix. And Hermione seems to crumble under the pressure, but she's a smart cookie, so maybe just trust her here, Harry. During episode 177, Punt with a Cunt, our Potter pondering was, what are your thoughts on the movie not having Umbridge confess that she sent the Dementors after Harry that previous summer? Hi, Ellen and Katie. This is Ashley with this week's Potter Pondering. What are my thoughts on the movies not including Umbridge's confession that she sent the Dementors after Harry last summer? It's a load of crap. We don't need to see this side of Umbridge. We don't need to know that that was her. Matter of fact, we don't need to know who did the shit at all. We had a montage. That's how we knew how evil she was. We didn't need any of the information. We didn't need the truth. Y'all should have forgot what happened at this point. We all good. It's just a movie. Y'all read the books anyway. I'm tired of this. But it's cool. You know, I'm not too upset because I knew. I already knew what happened. And I knew that they fucked it up. Hey guys, how we doing? Jackson here. What do I think of Umbridge's confession that she sent the Dementors not being in the film? The same way I feel about every other thing that was left out. It's bullshit. I mean, she went into this whole rant. She had pretty much all the other stuff that happened in the book. Everything about how she was going to cruciate him and everything. Why not take just 10 seconds to do the little confession about the Dementors? It would have taken... A minute less. Uh, It's just bullshit. Hi, this is Jessica calling in my power pondering for this week. Not mentioning that Umbridge sent the Dementors? What the hell were they thinking? Just a huge, big, shocking twist, you know. No biggie. Once she says it, you realize that it should have been obvious all along. But I don't think anyone actually guessed that she did it. She played fudge like a goddamn fiddle. There was a time when I had read the books in like a few years where I had actually forgotten that piece of information. And when I relearned it, I was shocked all over again. How could the movies leave out such a gloriously scandalous detail? When that is brief dialogue, I might add. 
she didn't even hint or allude to it in the movie. If you've never read the book, you just go on thinking that Voldemort sent the Dementors or something. That has to be the craziest shit they left out of the Order movie just because it's such a shocking reveal. There are other scenes that they left out that I feel more personal about or just liked better. But the reveal that Umbridge was the one to order the Dementors to Little Whinging to attack Harry just to give the Ministry a reason to expel and or imprison him is just bonkers. No one saw it coming, at least not that I've ever heard they have before. I just don't understand why they left it out. Make it make sense. Make it make sense because I don't understand it at all. I need answers. You know what? Let's find the director. Let's go find him. Let's go find him. Let's go get those answers. Hi, Ellen. Hi, Katie. This is Tom. I'm calling about Potter Potter and my thoughts on not telling the audience that Umbridge sent the mentor after Harry. Oh, that was a big flip in the chair moment. I did some research after watching that movie, and as best as I can figure, they, being Warren Bros, really didn't want to showcase the ministry as being corrupt. That's a personal hypothesis on my part. And that they wanted to show, probably wanted to give Umbridge more character development by making her corruption be a uh, gradual slide when in the book it, oh no, that, she had that slide long before the book started. <laughs> yeah, so that's my opinion. Bye. Thank you so much for your responses. Our trivia question last week was, which ministry law does Umbridge recite to Megorian when they encounter the centaurs in the Forbidden Forest? She begins to recite Law 15b, which clearly states that any attack by a magical creature who is deemed to have near-human intelligence and therefore considered responsible for its actions. And that's all we got to hear since the centaurs understandably got angry and cut her off. Near-human intelligence? <laughs> How can it be near-human intelligence? Well, you can start with a centaur and then get dumber. Apparently. <laughs> and then you have near-human Congratulations goes to Kalista White Wolf. Woohoo! This is three weeks in a row. Can she keep it up? Girl, we shall see. For now, let's dive into the first half of chapter 33 Fight and Flight and the corresponding film scenes. Chapter 33 Fight and Flight, Part 1. Harry follows close behind Hermione as they and Umbridge leave her office having no idea what sort of plan Hermione has in mind, but knowing he has to make Umbridge believe he also knows where they are going. He also can't ask Hermione with Umbridge so close behind them, so he just follows her through the school and out the front doors, past the unsuspecting students in the Great Hall. The sun is falling as Hermione walks quickly across the ground, Umbridge struggling to keep up. The headmistress asks if the thing is in Hagrid's hut, prompting Hermione to say of course not, as Hagrid might have set it off by accident. Umbridge laps this up before laughing at the thought of Hagrid being so clumsy. Harry resists the urge to turn on Umbridge for that, but is also distracted by his scar, which is burning, but not white hot like he knows it will if Voldemort has moved in for the kill. 
Umbridge again asks where it is as Hermione continues towards the forest and seems quite unnerved when Hermione says, in there. She tells them that they will be going first and scoffs when Harry asks if they could have her wand, saying the Ministry values her life more than theirs. Harry tries to communicate without words to Hermione that going into the forest without their wand seems like a very bad idea, but Hermione just gives Umbridge a contemptuous glance before walking purposefully into the trees, and Umbridge again struggles to keep up. Harry grows more worried as they start to follow the path he had taken with Ron in their second year towards Aragog's lair, knowing Hermione is unaware of that fact. He tries to prompt her by asking if she's sure this is the right way, but she answers firmly that it is, crashing much too loudly through the brush for Harry's liking. Umbridge trips over a log and neither kid slows with Hermione yelling over her shoulder for her to keep up. Harry asks her to keep her voice down to which she replies that she wants to be heard. They walk for a long while and Harry starts to feel like he's being watched, which he has felt before while in the forest. Umbridge demands once more how far it is, with Hermione shouting back, not far, when suddenly an arrow strikes a tree just over her head. Harry can hear hoofbeats, and the forest floor starts to tremble. Umbridge screams and tries to use Harry as a shield, but he pulls loose and turns to face around 50 centaurs emerging from every side, bows loaded and raised, pointing at all three of them. They back into the center of the clearing, Umbridge whimpering and cowering as Hermione smiles triumphantly. Megorian, the centaur they had met before, demands to know who they are. Umbridge raises her wand at him but seems too scared to answer. He asks again and she replies with her name and titles, with the school and the ministry. Megorian asks to confirm that she is from the ministry and some of the surrounding centaurs shift restlessly. Umbridge, in an even higher voice, says, That's right! and warns him to be careful because by their laws, an attack by half-breeds such as themselves, before she's cut off by Bane, angrily demanding to know what she had called them. Many centaurs seem angry by this, and Harry hears bowstrings tightening. Hermione tries to tell Umbridge to stop, but she continues, starting to say that Law 15b clearly states that any attack by a magical creature who is deemed to have near-human intelligence and therefore considered responsible for its actions. And again, Megorian cuts her off, this time to repeat near-human intelligence, while Bane and the others roar with outrage. Megorian tells her that they consider this a great insult, as they believe they are actually much smarter than humans. Another centaur they had seen previously demands to know why they're in the centaur's forest. Umbridge replies that they only live there because the ministry permits them certain areas of land and is cut off again, this time by an arrow that catches her hair as it flies by. She screams while some centaurs roar their approval and others laugh. Harry finds the wild neighing laughter and pawing hooves extremely unnerving in the dim light of the clearing. Umbridge now begins to scream at the centaurs, calling them filthy half-breeds, beasts, and uncontrolled animals, all while cowering under her arms. Hermione again tries to tell her to stop, but instead Umbridge causes ropes to appear from midair, wrapping around Megorian's torso, trapping his arms. 
He yells angrily and rears, trying to escape while the other centaurs charge. Harry quickly grabs Hermione and pulls her to the ground, face down on the forest floor, terrified, but the centaurs jump over and around them while yelling and trying to reach Umbridge. Harry hears Umbridge shrieking, yelling about being senior undersecretary and continuing to call the centaurs animals. He sees a flash of red as she tries to stun one of them, and then she screams very loudly. Harry looks up in time to see Bane seize her from behind and lift her high in the air. She drops her wand, and Harry has a moment to think he might be able to get it before a centaur stomps on it, breaking it clean in half. Suddenly, he and Hermione are also seized, being pulled to their feet. Harry can see Umbridge being carried away through the trees by Bane, screaming constantly, gradually becoming quieter as she gets further away and the sound of hooves drowns her out. The centaur holding Hermione asks what should be done with her and Harry. Another responds that they are young and the centaurs do not attack foals. The one holding Harry says he's not so young and they brought Umbridge into the forest. At this point, Hermione speaks up, asking them not to attack, saying they aren't ministry employees and do not like Umbridge. Then she says they only came in here because they hoped the centaurs would drive her off for them, which Harry immediately realizes is the wrong thing to say. The centaur holding Hermione stamps furiously and bellows that they already have the arrogance of their kind and that they mean to use the centaurs to do their dirty work using them as servants to drive away their enemies. Hermione protests and says they'd only hoped the centaurs would be able to help them, which the centaurs seem to consider even worse. One centaur says they cannot be allowed to leave and boasts that the centaurs do their bidding. Harry tries to speak up, but nobody is listening. Centaurs shout that since they came here unasked, they must pay the consequences and they can join the woman. Hermione points out that the centaurs say they don't harm the innocent and that Harry and Hermione had not hurt them in any way and they just want to go back to the school. Another centaur shouts that they are not like the traitor Ferenz. They are not pretty talking horses, but an ancient people who will not stand for wizard invasions and insults. He starts to say they do not recognize their laws or acknowledge their superiority when he's interrupted by a crashing noise at the edge of the clearing. The centaur holding Harry releases him as he grabs up his bow and quiver, as does the one holding Hermione, and Harry hurries towards her as the centaurs turn to face Grop. The centaurs retreat away from the giant, all aiming their bows up at him. Grop suddenly says, Hagger! And when he gets no response, he says it again more insistently. Megorian yells up to Grop to get away, saying he's not welcome. Grop does not seem to understand and leans lower, yelling, Hagger! Finally, Hermione understands, whispering to Harry that she thinks Grop means to say Hagrid. Grop finally sees Harry and Hermione in this moment and stoops a little more and says, Hermie! Hermione is very surprised that he remembers her and he asks her directly, Where Hagger? She says she doesn't know and Grop says, Grop want Hagger! Grop reaches down and Hermione lets out a real scream, runs back a few steps, and falls over. Harry braces himself to fight the giant with his fists if he has to, as Grop reaches down and knocks over one of the centaurs. Then the rest of them open fire. 
Grop's hand is a foot away from Harry when 50 arrows suddenly hit him in the face. He howls in pain and rage and straightens, rubbing his face, breaking arrow shafts, but shoving the head still deeper. He yells and stomps his feet, and the centaurs scatter. The movie section starts on Hermione leading Harry and Professor Umbridge through the Forbidden Forest. Umbridge asks how much further it is, and Hermione tells her that it isn't far, but had to be somewhere students wouldn't find it accidentally. She charges forward with Harry on her heels as Umbridge follows behind, struggling a bit on the lack of trail and batting away a fly. Harry whispers to Hermione to ask what she is doing, and she whispers back that she's improvising. The camera cuts to show a frayed piece of rope lying on the ground, then back to Hermione, who is looking down at it with concern. The three stop and face each other as Umbridge asks where the weapon is. As Harry stares mutely at Hermione, who doesn't say anything either, Umbridge realizes that there isn't a weapon, and they brought her out there to try and trick her. Harry and Hermione exchange a glance as Umbridge confesses that she really hates children. A cracking sound behind her causes them all to look towards the source, and Umbridge slinks between and behind the children as the camera cuts to show a line of about eight centaurs just in the distance. Once she has Harry and Hermione in place as a line of defense, Umbridge points her finger and informs the centaurs that they have no business here, calling it a ministry matter. The centaurs begin to approach as one pulls out an arrow and knocks it in his bow. Umbridge orders them to lower their weapons, beginning to threaten them with the law about the consequences they would receive as creatures of near-human intelligence. She is forced to cut off her warning as the centaur releases his arrow, and she needs to use her wand to block it as she calls them filthy half-breeds and asks how dare they. She casts Incarcerus on the centaur who fired the arrow, which conjures ropes around his neck and pulls him to the ground. Hermione runs to him as he struggles to free himself from the ropes that are also wrapping around his limbs. She begs Umbridge to stop it, but the headmistress just yells, ENOUGH! and insists that she will have order. The camera cuts to Harry, who is starting to walk towards her, then back to Umbridge, who screams in surprise as she is lifted from the back of her collar by Grop. As the giant holds her up near his face, the centaurs begin a full charge towards him and Umbridge, all pulling their weapons and attacking as Hermione begs them to leave him alone, since it isn't his fault and he doesn't understand. Grop looks very confused at being attacked, and sadly looks to the woman struggling between his two fingers and screeching about them being filthy animals and asking if they know who she is. He drops her and backs away a little, looking contrite as she falls to the ground. As the centaurs surround her, Umbridge orders Harry to do something, tell him she means no harm, but Harry just calmly apologizes and informs her that he must not tell lies. Boom. I know we're going to get to talk about that at the end, but I really want to talk about it right now. <laughs> we'll talk about it at the end, we'll but talk I about really want to talk about it right uh, now. Yep. I've been wanting to talk about it the whole book. I know, right? <laughs> it's one of the best things. We'll talk about it then. We will. So... This is interesting. We initially last week didn't think we were going to be splitting this chapter into two sections. Yeah. Because it's not that long of a chapter and... It's a weird split. Yeah. And the movie kind of did things in a slightly different way, even though it's very similar and gets the gist across. Mm -hmm. So when I first looked at it, I was just like, I don't think I can split this. It's not that long. We'll just power through. And then I was really organizing these bullet points for this section and like, oh, I could totally split this right here. So, hey, now it's split. Look at that. But it is very similar, like I was saying. Mm -hmm. 
But the changes, it's almost like they reversed the order in which a couple of things happened and then ramped up the drama. Wait a minute. They reversed the order of the phoenix? (laughs) Reverse order of the phoenix. (laughs) Draw four, damn it. (laughs) Skip you back to me. Skip you back to me. (laughs) That's what this book is. This book is a giant ass game of Uno. Uno of the phoenix. The the book movie compare and contrast is just Uno because it literally is. It's like reverse, reverse, skip back to me. Skip back to you. Skip back to me. Draw four. Yep. Fuck this. Draw four more decrees. Draw four more decrees. <laughs> yeah, that's the movie. Yeah. That's it really yeah. is. <sighs> <sighs> but anyway. still, it gets a very similar point across here. I mm-hmm. think they did just fine with this. And as we already mentioned, basically the best line of the entire eight movies happens in this moment. Yes. So there's one other one that I actually liked the addition of. But this one, I didn't know that I needed this line until I saw it. Right. So. Again, we'll get to it. I'm just so excited. Right. It's so rare <laughs> that yeah. we're excited about an oh, addition. Yeah. So, yeah. But anyway, in the book, it kind of picks up just a little bit more before the movie because the movie streamlines things. Shocking, I know. What? And we actually just get like a little summary of Harry following Hermione out of the castle, just kind of doing his Harry thing in his head going, I don't know what the fuck's going on, but I have to look like I know what the fuck's going on because supposedly I know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> but let's face it, he never knows what the fuck's no, going on. No, he doesn't. <laughs> but he's got Pepto Bitch Mall right behind them, so it's not like he can ask Hermione what the fuck's going on. Right. So he just has to fake it till he makes it, I guess. What else is he going to do at this point? Yeah. And they're literally like, this has got to look suspicious to someone. Someone's <laughs> got to notice this. But you've got Hermione leading Harry and Pepto Bitchmall out of the school. Yeah. While everybody's in the Great Hall eating food. Like, this is weird, right? E- oh, it's definitely weird. It's definitely weird. And you know what? End of the day, it's on Pepto Bitchmall. Yes. That's just her being fucking stupid. Well, yeah. But she does that. Yeah. And I can see why we didn't really need this for the movie. But it just gave us another little moment showing us just how shitty she is. Oh, yeah. Because she wants to know what's going on and where it is. And she theorizes that it might be kept in Hagrid's hut. And Hermione says, of course not. He may have accidentally set it off. Yeah. And again... Hermione is just telling Pepto Bitchmall exactly what she wants to hear because she eats this the fuck up. Oh, yeah. Oh, she runs with it. She's yeah. Like, oh, she's yeah, like, that's oh, that's stupid right. That's oh, yeah. He'd mm-hmm. absolutely. He's so clumsy. He totally set it off. Just yeah. what an idiot. And this is almost enough to set Harry off. Like, this is nearly back in caps lock mode. Yeah. But he's not that dumb. I'll give him that. Sure. And he's also kind of distracted by the burning in his scar, which isn't so bad that he knows Voldemort has killed his dog father, but it's still bad enough to remind him that he is on a mission and he cannot get distracted by bitch malls. Mm-hmm. So since all Hermione gave Pepto bitch mall was that it's not in Hagrid's hut, she again asks, so where is it? And Hermione just gestures to the forest. It's in there. Yeah. The forest. The forest. I give you the forest. Yeah. And 
Whereas Pepto Bitchmon doesn't seem opposed to going into the forest to find this weapon, she absolutely tells these two unarmed children that they're going in first. I mean, did we really think she was ever going to go in first, though? No. But as an educator, yes. <laughs> but as someone who has been paying attention for the last... Year. I mean, I'm not surprised that she's not going in first, but I am going to criticize her for being a shitty educator. I mean, it's not the least of my worries with her, but yeah, fair, sure. Fair. It's just added to the list. Sure. We'll go with that. Yeah. Harry asks if he can hold her wand if they have to go in first. Harry <laughs> say he wants to hold her hand. <laughs> I don't know why. Just... No, he asks for the wand. And she's just like, fuck no. The ministry cares far more about me than they do about you. I mean... Maybe in this moment, give it time. Even then, though, like... They would much rather he walked into the ministry than Umbridge. Because if he walked into the ministry, that means they could get him. Right. So, wanted is still wanted. That's right. all I'm getting at. Just... I bet you he'd bring in more galleons on oh. a wanted poster than she would. Oh, fuck it, yeah. But anyway, at this point, Harry's like... Now mentally screaming at Hermione to penetrate him because he's just trying to communicate to her without words. Right. It's a really bad idea to go into the forest without their fucking wands. He's trying to penetrate her mind. Right. And Hermione not being an expert at occlumency or legilimency just... I would say I think Harry not being the, the expert trees. is... Neither of them yeah. are. Hermione hasn't been taught. Harry is incapable of learning. You know. That's such a way to put it. <laughs> that is such... Am I wrong, though? I didn't say that. I said that was such a way to put it. I, Kudos, yes. my friend. Hermione hasn't been taught. Harry is incapable of learning. <laughs> and Ron just never cared. And Ron just runs. <laughs> but anyway, since neither one of them can communicate mentally, Hermione just gives Umbridge this look and walks right into the forest. Sure. Because she is on a mission. Yeah. And because Pepto Bitchmaw is, you know, short, stubby, squat, frog-like, toad-like, whatever you want to describe her as, she's actually having a difficult time keeping up with Harry and Hermione. You would think, sure. They've also walked through the woods several times. Like, they are not unfamiliar with the path they have started on. And I can't imagine she's wearing proper hiking footwear. Oh, no, she's wearing pink heels, for sure. I'm For saying, sure. You know? Absolutely. But yeah, all said and done... Harry cannot communicate with Hermione, either out loud or mentally. And he's growing very concerned because she doesn't actually know they're on the path that he and Ron took that led them to Aragog. But Hermione was not with them. So she has no idea this is the path she has started down. Mm -hmm. And he's just like, fuck me. I don't want to run into that giant-ass spider or his children or anything ever, 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 ever again. Right. And he tries to communicate this to Hermione as subtly as possible by saying, are you sure this is the right path? Like, literally nothing good has ever happened to me on this path, Hermione. And I just literally imagine him going, Hermione. Are you sure that we are going the correct direction to get to Dumbledore's weapon? Because he's trying very hard to communicate to yeah. her that this is a terrible idea. Mm -hmm. And she's just like, nope, this is right. 
super good. And she's like yelling and just crashing as loudly as she can through all of the brush in the forest. Making sure they all know she's there. And Harry's just like, what the fuck is she doing? (laughs) And like I said, just barreling through everything, not making any attempt to keep quiet, not going slowly. Umbridge is just struggling to keep up and ends up tripping over a log. Neither one of them care in the least and why should they so they don't stop they just keep on walking and Hermione just yells back keep up will ya and Harry's just like shut up will ya <laughs> X-Night on the LNA. yeah Jesus but she just tells him that she wants to be heard okay but again but you didn't you? see the spider <laughs> but do you really want to be heard <laughs> that'll be alright I'm just going to attract the werewolves with that one. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Going to attract all the dogs with that one. Shit. This is fairly similar in the movie, though it does skip over them exiting the school. We join back into the movie with Hermione leading the way through the Forbidden Forest with Harry and Pepto Bitchmall on her heels. Ding! Boom. Yeah. Bitchmall, who is absolutely not wearing hiking appropriate gear, as we already discussed, Wants to know where the fuck they're going. And Hermione's like, I mean, we'll get there when we get there. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? (laughs) Like, do you really think a hidden secret weapon was going to be easy to get to? No. It's kind of the idea of hiding something. Like, you don't hide shit and then put it, like, right inside the trees. Like, you just don't do that. Whatever. Anyway. Hiding in plain sight. Mm Mm-hmm. Doesn't usually work that well, honestly. Unless, of course, you're hiding it from my husband. Plain sight 100% works on him. Yeah. Mine as well. And, you know, all children, basically. Can't forget that. Unless you absolutely don't. Like, they cannot see it in any way, shape, or form. If it's just, like, they don't care about it, you can hide it in plain sight. But if it's, like, something that... If it's something you don't want them to have, no. They'll find it immediately. Definitely. They sniff that shit out. Mm Mm-hmm. They have, like, a spidey sense for Mm -hmm. that shit. Definitely. But anyway, Harry whispers to Hermione, asking what on earth she's doing. And Hermione's like, bro, I'm implementing what we learned in improv class. Now just say yes and and follow my lead. Mm Mm-hmm. That's all I gotta do. That's basically it. Just yes and. Shut the fuck up. We then get to a spot in the woods where Hermione finds nothing but a busted ass piece of rope, which doesn't seem like a good sign. Oh yeah, afraid not. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) How do I not though? Oh. I would be more mad if it didn't come through my head as well. So, all right, (laughs) moving on. They all stop. Umbridge, assuming that this is the end of the trip, asks, Okay, what now, bitch? Are you going to show me this big old weapon? Afraid not. Fuck off. (laughs) God, twice. You just set it up so well. Twice in, like, not even four lines. That was twice. Really? (laughs) Fuck off. Afraid not. (sighs) Okay, we can keep moving. Do you feel better? Uh Uh-huh. Maybe. Okay. Relax your shoulders. Fuck. (laughs) Jesus. Hermione and Harry, again, seeing this random bit of rope, are just like, well, shit, that can't be good. Like, we might be fucked. And Umbridge is just going, you little shit tried to pull one over on me, didn't you? And in the only time I can ever really empathize with Umbridge, she just looks between the two of them and is like, I fucking hate children. (laughs) I really hate kids. Like, she finally admits it. She's like, you know... She just has this moment of 
just baseline honesty where she's just like, I fucking hate all of you. Why did I agree to this? And I just can't handle it because it's so fucking relatable. I to me, at least. do like kids and I still have this moment from time to time as a teacher. So I have a kid and like I love her to death, but I think it's different with your own kids. Well, that's what, you know, if she wasn't mine, I probably wouldn't like her as much. That's just She's fact. a pretty great kid. She though. is really cool. Not to toot my own horn or nothing, but that's part of the parenting. Just saying. made a good one. <laughs> Raising her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I get it, though. That sentiment, I did find it relatable. Like, maybe she's not that bad in the proper setting. No, she sucks. No, she I sucks. I really got nothing here. She sucks, and she hates kids. And yeah, we know. Yeah. Like, we know. Sure, yeah. You've been literally abusing them this entire time. It would be more disturbing if you were acting this way, and then you were like, you know what? I really dig kids. Kids are awesome. You guys are the best. Why was I ever being so horrible to you? Right? Like... It would just be so much more disturbing if that were the case. Yeah. However, she just comes clean. Yeah. Lays it all out there. I fucking hate you guys. And it's not something that happened in the book. Mm-mm. Although I think it is completely implied. Right. I was going to say, <laughs> like, I don't think that was specifically mentioned, but it was definitely subtext. Oh, I can absolutely sure. <laughs> read through the lines on that one. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, this streamlines the book chapter because... It always streamlines the book chapter. What? Which delves more into them walking through the forest. Which do we need? Not necessarily, but they do imply that they walk for a long while when the movie just like jumps to it. Yeah. For all we know, they were walking for a long while before the movie picked up. Well, it is kind of like Hermione saying he wanted to make sure it was somewhere the kids wouldn't find it. True. So they kind of imply they imply it definitely they threw it in there that they've been walking for a minute so yeah and then it is similar because you got pepto bitch mall wanting to know how much further that it is and hermione continuing her shouting going not far (laughs) but then they get interrupted when an arrow hits a tree just over their heads yeah that can be a good sign of anything really harry also hears hoofbeats and the forest floor is starting to tremble And the bad omens just keep on coming, huh? Yeah. (laughs) This, of course, makes Pepto Bitch Mall scream. Sure. Because, you know. It would make anyone scream. I probably would have, too. (laughs) I feel like Harry and Hermione at this point have been in the forest so many times that they're like, fuck me, this is happening again. Yeah. And it's not a scream. It's more of a, we're going to die. Not again. Wah, wah. Yeah. But Pepto Bitch Mall not getting to experience this much and being a complete and total fucking coward, as we already established with the way she attacked Hagrid, tries to use Harry as a fucking shield from arrows. Sure. He manages to pull away from her and turns to see what's coming for them, which I'm sure he already knows. Yeah. But gotta make it a little bit dramatic. And. He sees from every single direction that they are literally surrounded by about 50 centaurs. That's quite a lot of centaurs. Yeah. Bows loaded, raised, pointing at him. Like, they are ready to strike if need be. Mm-hmm. And while Pepto Bitch Maul is just whimpering because she can't use Harry as a human shield, he notices that Hermione is smiling. Read the room, Hermione. Yeah, that smile is going to get wiped off her face pretty fast. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, yeah. The movie streamlines right to this, though it also streamlines out a significant number of centaurs. Like, 
42 of them or so. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> we hear a snapping twig or something behind them, and Umbridge turns to see a much smaller pack of centaurs, like we said, just staring them down. Yeah, no arrow flying. Not yet, no. Just snap. Mm-hmm. Oh, what's that? Just a twig. Sure. Like, we're in a fucking horror movie. Right. You know? It's one of those things. Yep. But Umbridge, because she's not a Gryffindor, backs up behind the defenseless children before shouting random authoritarian buzzwords in their general direction. Makes sense. I mean, sure. that's what she does, for sure. <laughs> right? Data tracks. And it does line up here with her trying to use Harry as a shield and her literally stepping behind both of them. Mm-hmm. It's a quasi-ding. It's a quasi-ding. It's a ding in essence. Yeah. It's like the Diet Coke of dings. Yeah. You know? Duh. <laughs> As we've discussed before. It's a duh. But the centaurs at this moment understandably give zero fucks. One just goes ahead, aims a goddamn arrow at him. Likely because Umbridge used the magic word, you know, ministry. And if there's anything we learned from Hagrid the last time we saw him, which wasn't much to be fair... Yeah, they left him out a lot. Yeah. But if we learned anything from him, it's that the centaurs are pretty pissed off with the ministry right now. Gee, it's almost like they said that to set this up. What? Huh? What? Oh my gosh. That's crazy. But considering she's a giant bitch, Umbridge just straight up doubles down at this point. Again, it's what she does. Yes. Tracks for her character. She tells him to drop their shit calls them creatures of near human intelligence like what the fuck lady read the room or in this case the forest yeah the movie also streamlined out quite a bit of the interaction with the centaurs but it definitely got the gist from the book Mm -hmm. in it megorian the centaur that we've met before the last time they had this conversation with him Mm -hmm. wants to know who they are yeah apparently he doesn't care that he's met two of them before and just i mean that could always just go into like well all you humans look alike it could be that (laughs) i can't tell one of your children from another who cares probably pepto bitch mall points her wand at him but can't really find the words to answer probably kind of scared because as you established not a gryffindor no literally tried to use a child as a shield sure but when he asks again, she manages to say that she's Dolores Jane Umbridge, senior undersecretary to the minister. The, blah, 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 yeah, blah. I was like, defense against the dark arts teacher, high inquisitor and headmistress of Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. Not quite as many titles as Dumbledore used to have, Also, but she's getting up there. Also, they don't roll off the tongue like Dumbledore's do. No, they don't. And I would never name a cat after her. <laughs> I would hope not. Poor cat. All Megorian really gets out of this is that she said she's from the ministry and wants to know, oh, (laughs) ministry, eh? And they don't set up the same dislike blatantly in the book, but it again is implied. It definitely ruffles some feathers, yeah. but it doesn't have, like, the bristling effect. No, the movie, like, spelled out the animosity between them for you for the sake of the story, whereas in the book, it was more like a, oh, yeah, we're having this issue, but this is not specifically why. It's just because this woman fucking sucks. Yeah. Yeah. It has more to do with the shitty bitch that they're And attacking. the shit that she said, not the fact that she's from the ministry. Exactly. That was just like icing on the cake for the centaurs. Exactly. Like, okay, so in the book, they already had all their bows and arrows out and shit. They mm-hmm. were already aiming at them. They before, already shot one. Yeah, before 
anything was even said. They got off a warning shot. Yeah. Movie, we waited until she mentions ministry. And then they're like, mm-hmm. oh, fuck this bitch. So, yeah, you can kind of tell there is a difference in how the ministry is viewed by the movie centaurs as opposed to the book centaurs. Right. For sure. And I gotta say, I just feel like it was kind of lazy for the movie to do it that way. It was just a quick way to do yeah. it. I agree, though. Kind of lazy, for sure. But anyway, not that Umbridge doesn't deserve everything she's about to get, but... Fair enough. <laughs> because when she does confirm that she's from the ministry in a very high-pitched voice, which you know I love to mimic, that's right. <laughs> She also warns him to be careful because in their laws, if she gets attacked by a half-breed such as them, (sighs) now they're starting to wish they aimed the arrow straight for her head and not the tree above her head. Right. Because I don't think they missed on accident. No. Oh, no. That was a warning shot. Yes. Full out. Like, that wasn't a, oh, damn, I missed. No. That was a, you get one. Right. And then another centaur that we've met multiple times now, Bane, Mm -hmm. cuts her off. Sure. Barely gets through half-breeds such as yourself. And he's just like, what the fuck? I mean, to be fair, yeah. Right, right. (laughs) This does seem to piss off quite a few of the centaurs. Yeah. And Harry can actually hear all of the bowstrings tightening. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's just like, oh, bitch, why would you say that? Like... Read the forest! Read the forest, bitch! Read the fucking forest! I'm just saying. Hermione tries to tell her to stop. Voice of reason. Umbridge is like, no. I'm gonna keep going. (laughs) Umbridge, no. Umbridge, yes. (laughs) And it's even worse. She doesn't just keep going. She literally starts reciting one of the laws at them. And she says, Law 15B clearly states that any attack by a magical creature who is deemed to have near human intelligence and therefore considered responsible for its actions. Which was our trivia question. Yes. And as we said, that's all we got to hear because this time it's Megorian who cuts her off. Yeah. To be like near human intelligence. Near human intelligence. (laughs) You don't say. And naturally, all of the other centaurs are just roaring their outrage. Right. Because this is super insulting to them. A, they believe and they probably are smarter than humans. Oh, definitely. And B, near human intelligence. (laughs) Like, I really just want Megorian to be like, you know what? Here's law 1A of this fucking forest. Don't start no shit, won't be no shit, lady. And you done started some shit, so let's do this. Like Now, you get shit. Yeah, it is on, bitch. There's another centaur that they have seen previously as well, because they've been in the forest so many fucking times. Sure. But we don't get his name, we just know that we've previously seen him. Sure. Wants to know, again, why they are in the centaur's forest. Specifically calling it the centaur's forest, Mm -hmm. which we got a little vibe of that when the conversation with Hagrid earlier, too. So yeah, for sure. This is kind of a thing. However, Hagrid's not there. No. (laughs) Umbridge is not nearly as nice about other creatures as Hagrid is. She's not as nice, nor is she anywhere near as intimidating. They're going to think twice about fucking with them with Hagrid there. For sure. Yeah. Because he is not only imposing, he is respectful. I was going to say, Hagrid has never really 
given them reason to right. attack. It's literally like, you're big, you're scary, you've always respected us, we want to keep you on our good side and vice versa. Yeah, as good a side as you can right. be on for a centaur, that is, yeah. Now, when he stepped in to protect Ferenz, that kind of messed it up a little bit. But I have a feeling there was a little bit more to them not fucking with him. More so than just he was with his foals. Oh, I'm sure. I'm absolutely sure. Hagrid is big and scary. He is. And you know what? When he wants to, he will throw you 10 feet in the air. Especially if you fuck with his good boy. Don't fuck with his good boy. Don't do it. Mm-mm. That's his good boy. And Harry and Hermione are his good boy and girl. And you don't fuck with them either. Nope. Mm-mm, just saying. But yeah, so again, it gets referred to as the Centaur's Forest, and Pepto Bitch Mall is not having this. Mm-mm. And just get her a shovel because fuck me. <laughs> she is digging it, She man. is just worse and worse, everything that comes out of her mouth. And you would think that she couldn't get worse than near human intelligence, but she proceeds to tell them that they only live there because the ministry permits them certain areas of land. Oh, honey. We've said it before. I know. I get it. But um, read the forest, girl. She ain't reading the forest. She's not reading the forest. She gets cut off again. Shockingly. What? But this time, it's not by words. It's just an arrow that actually catches her hair. And again, I think this was a warning, warning shot. Definitely. This wasn't a, hey, we're here warning shot. This was a, open your fucking mouth again, and I will hit more than your hair. Mm Mm-hmm. Warning shot. Understand, right now, I don't miss. Mm Mm-hmm. That's what that was. Mm Mm-hmm. Naturally, she screams. Sure. Naturally, the centaurs roar in approval and laughter. Well, yeah. And naturally, Harry finds this quite unnerving. I can't blame him. (laughs) I can't blame him. But considering it's aimed at Umbridge, I also got to say, like, he was probably like, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you guys. Yeah, Yeah. awesome. (laughs) Yeah, y'all are badass. I'm down. Now, you'd think that this arrow hitting her hair. Mm Mm-hmm. Would maybe convince her it's time to shut the fuck up? Oh, she doesn't have that button. She does not have that button. (laughs) She has the double down button. She does. In this case, it's like triple down because she doubled down already a couple times. Yeah. She just hit the infinite down button. (laughs) Infinite down. And she starts to scream at these centaurs, calling them filthy (laughs) half-breeds, beasts, uncontrolled animals. Good lady. Fuck. Read the forest. She's not reading the forest. Read the goddamn forest. I can't with her. I, I think we know what the episode title is. I think we know what I want to have on a t-shirt now. Read the That's- forest. <laughs> with some centaur silhouettes and yes. stuff. Yeah. I have one in mind for Harry's Not a Ravenclaw as well. So there we, we go. might be upping our merch at some point we soon. When I have some merch time. In a while, no. so. It probably won't be till this summer considering how my school year's There's been going. A lot but going who knows? On, yeah. But anyway, back to the episode at hand. <laughs> Screaming, doubling down, tripling down, infinitying down. Mm-hmm. But all while hiding under her arms. <laughs> like a bitch. And I am a little disappointed that the movie didn't do it this way. Yeah. This was really satisfying to read. There is a moment that we'll get to that is so satisfying to watch, but it's not the same as watching her cower. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, the cowering really, it gives it a little, like, chef's kiss. Yeah. You know? 
But something similar to this does happen. So we'll get to that. Yeah. Hermione, being the voice of reason, again, tries to tell her to stop. Like, dude, this is the stupidest fucking thing you have ever done. And Mm -hmm. you've done a lot of stupid fucking things. Understand that we give zero fucks as to what happens to you. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to warn you that something bad is going to happen to you, lady. Well, this wasn't a warning for her sake. This was showing that she is firmly on the side of the centaurs. That is true. Hermione ain't dumb. (laughs) She's just like, dude, knock this shit off. Yeah. But as she's already pushed the infinite down button, Umbridge just takes it another step further and conjures ropes to wrap around Megorian's torso and trap his arms. So now he can't shoot his bow. And he's, as we established before, likely the leader. So she just went for, you know, the jugular. Hope you got 50 more of those in there, lady. Right. Just saying. Shockingly, he yells. Well, yeah. Rears back, tries to escape. Even more shockingly, the other centaurs charge at Pepto Benchmall. What? <laughs> what? Who could have seen that coming? Hermione, for one, but. You know why? Because she read the forest. Yeah, that time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, yes. Harry, too, who, mm-hmm. on his seeker instincts, grabs Hermione and pulls her to the ground, face down, to try and protect them somewhat. And thankfully, the centaurs are just jumping over and around them. So they actually are not going after them. No. At this point. They are going for the Pepto Bitch Mall, who has pushed the infinite down button and just keeps digging her hole deeper and deeper and deeper. Really does. Oh my god, man. And it's pretty similar in the movie, too. So Yeah, it yeah. is. It really does. It's not happening the same way, but the sentiment is so close. For sure. Like in the book, tons of insults. But shockingly enough, they don't really do anything aside from making the centaur even more determined to fuck her up. Which is definitely ding. Yeah, exactly. She uses her wand to deflect the arrow, but then she triples down and calls them filthy half-breeds, which, as we have previously discussed, is not, in fact, what centaurs are. No, it's not. not. Like, they didn't come into existence from a horse fucking a human or the other way around. That's not what they are. It's not a half-breed. They're not a half-breed. They are their own being. Like, ugh. I get that there's confusion in the biology, but Jesus, guys. I'm not going to lie. There's definite confusion in the biology. Yeah. What I really want to know is considering that they have the man torso, why in the movie was there so much whinnying? Animal instinct. Yeah, I don't know. It was just interesting. Also, you know, they need to make sure that we knew that they were still aminals. Because having Pepto-Bitchmall call them filthy half-breed animals, beasts, blah, 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 was not clear. Differentiating the human screaming from the centaur screaming, I guess. Look, I am not Newt Scamander. You are not Newt Scamander. Neither of us knows why different beings make the noises they make. But just maybe that's just their excited sound. They're just like, woo, it's about to go down! You know? Or scared sound. Maybe. Anyway. But anyway, I digress. She gets all butthurt that they would dare to attack her after she has literally insulted them and made herself known as a person from the ministry who they're not big fans of to begin with. The audacity of this bitch. This bitch. Honestly. I never understood that. Like, you said something to piss someone off. And then you get upset because they reacted in a pissed off manner? Like, you literally caught... How... 
However, I do believe that another title for this book could have been Harry Potter and the Audacity of This Bitch. I've so, seen the meme yes. of somebody who made that book cover. So, yeah. Exactly. And you know what? Not wrong. Not wrong. Not at all. And with the audacity of this bitch, Pepto Bitch Mall shouts, Incoceros! And the Katniss Everdeen centaur gets damn near garroted by ropes that shoot out of her wand and wrap around their neck. And like, yes, okay, Homeslice just fired an arrow at you, but also fuck off. And let's just talk about the difference here from book to movie. <laughs> In the book, she just binds his arms. Yeah. This is a right. He's like literally choking. And as I said before, whinnying. Yeah. It goes directly around his neck. Yeah. Like it. You like you said, damn near garroted him. Yeah. It was fucked up. Yeah. Absolutely the fucked up. The audacity of this bitch. Yeah. Hermione runs up to the centaur, but really is no assistance. Like, she's just like, holy fuck, what do we do? And Yeah, like, I don't know if she's trying to pull out the ropes, but it's magic. Yeah. I mean, good on her for trying. Again, she's trying to establish herself as ally to centaurs. Exactly. But she just kind of looks back at Umbridge and is like, dude, knock this shit off. Are you fucking kidding? And this does mirror the sentiment of her trying to tell her to stop talking shit to the centaurs. Yeah. Again, movie ramps up the drama. Sure, like it does. But it's the same sentiment in the long run. Mm-hmm. So it's this whole kerfuffle and whatnot, and Hermione's trying to help the horsey man out, and just, there's nothing she can do. It's a magic rope. What are you going to fucking do? And she's shouting, and the horsey man is, like, neighing, neighing. whinnying and whatnot, and Umbridge just gets way too overwhelmed with all the noise and everything and just goes, Enough! Yeah, there is some severe overstimulationing happening in this oh. moment. Again, it's rare that I understand why Pepto Bitch Mall does the thing she does. That one I understood. Uh, yes. Because <laughs> I really did. I felt it in my bones when everything was just happening and happening and happening and building. And she's just like, ah! I she it. lost me a little bit on the next line, though. Oh, the next line. Yeah. Because then she just throws in, I will have order. No, you won't. You're not gonna, though. There will be no order. There will be none. None. None at all. Like, you're stupid. I do believe that's something that they refer to as famous last words. Yes. This is all of the disorder. Disorder of the Uno. Yes. It was a little different in the book, which we already kind of established. Mm -hmm. Like I said, not quite that dramatic. <laughs> no big, I will have order outbursts yeah. from Umbridge. There is still a lot of shrieking from her, but it's more of the, I am senior undersecretary, and calling them animals and whatnot. She tries to stun one of them, but since Harry is face down on the ground with Hermione, all he can really see is like the flash of red light. So he doesn't really know quite what's going on until he hears her scream really loudly. <laughs> and he looks up just in time to see that Bane is grabbing her from behind and lifting her up in the air. And she drops her wand and Harry's just like, I can fucking get it. I can fucking get it. <laughs> and then a centaur stomps down on it and breaks it in half. And he just goes, I can't fucking get it. <laughs> It's like, ooh, ooh, ooh. Ah, oh, fuck. Right. And then even more, ah, oh, fuck, he and Hermione get seized as well and pulled to their feet. Mm -hmm. And at this point, Pepto Bitch Mall is just full on being carried away by some of the centaurs. She's gone. They can hear her screaming, but it's getting quieter and quieter as she goes further into the distance and the sound of the hooves is just kind of drowning it out. Mm -hmm. The centaurs are now holding on to Harry and Hermione and just like, what the fuck do we do with these two? Yeah. 
And again, they bring up the fact that they're young and they don't attack the innocent, foals and whatnot. And the one that's holding Harry is just like, ah, this one's almost a man. Like, he's not that young. We could fuck him up a little. I mean, I'm saying. Plus, we've seen him before. Not the first time. Yeah. Just, he knows that he shouldn't be here. He also is the one who brought the Pepto Bitch Mall into the forest. Right. Although, technically, that was Hermione. That was but, Hermione. You know, he was just faking it till he could make it. Like, it's. I guess, sure. Consequences. <laughs> they fucked around and now they might find out. We'll sure. see. Hermione trying to salvage the situation is like, please don't attack us. We're not ministry employees. We don't even like that woman. Right. We actually brought her here in hopes that you could take care of her for us. And that was the wrong thing to I say. I was going to say, that's not really the way to go no, with this. Because now it's like, oh, so you're just fucking arrogant mm-hmm. and you thought we'd do your dirty work. Yeah. You think that we're your servants who'll drive away your enemies. And Hermione's like, no, 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 no. We just hoped you might be able to help us. And this is not getting any better. No. Because they don't help humans. No. They're like, no, we can't let you leave the forest and go tell other humans that the centaurs do your bidding. And Harry's just like, no, we wouldn't do that. But nobody's listening to him. No. There are things that are just not getting lost in translation. But... They were never even close to translation. Right. They're speaking two different languages. Mm-hmm. Definitely. They're not even trying to translate. It's just like, <laughs> but this, help us. And like, we don't help. And like, but you're horsey men. And it's just not working out for them. Oh, Man. dear. Oh, horse. Right? Oh, horse. <laughs> the centaurs just keep shouting back and forth. They're talking about how they weren't invited there. They're not supposed to be there. They must pay the consequences. They can join the woman. And Hermione's like, but you said you don't harm the innocent. <laughs> They're like, um, except we just listened to a whole bunch of reasons why you're not innocent, though. Right. But she's like, but we didn't hurt you in any way. We just want to go back to the school. Another centaur speaks up. Apparently, in this mass of, I would assume, I don't know, 40 centaurs left. I don't know how many it took to take away Pepto Bitch Mall. Sure. Yeah. Apparently, they just didn't feel like naming any of them. Mm hmm. But another centaur just shouts that they're not like the traitor Ferens. They're not just pretty talking horses. They're an ancient group of fucking people, beings, who will not stand for wizard invasions. And like Mike pointed out, it's not really a wizard invasion. It's more like trespass, drama queen. Yeah, that makes sense. They also won't stand for their insults, which I feel like combining wizard invasions and insults is pretty off balance. (laughs) At least mention insults first. Right. (laughs) We will not stand for insults and wizard invasions or trespassing. Yeah, none of that, really. But they are drama queens. Definitely. A little bit, yeah. But don't tell them that. Oh, no. Mm -mm. Not unless you want to get carried off into the forest. (laughs) Right. Maybe an arrow shot at your hair or something. Yeesh. But the same centaur starts to talk about not recognizing their laws or acknowledging any kind of human superiority. And this gets interrupted by a crashing sound coming to the edge of the clearing, which causes both Harry and Hermione to be released as the centaurs arm themselves and turn towards the crashing sound. Sure. Which turns out to be none other than Crop. Yep. <laughs> uh, I've been waiting all episode to say that, too. Glad you got it in there. Uh-huh. That's what she said. 
Mm-hmm. Again, this does happen in the movie, but with far less details and some other slight changes. Like, there wasn't even really any conversation about what to do about Harry and Hermione. It just skips over all of that to keep things more chaotic. Yeah. We then see Harry start to make his way to the centaur, who's still being, like, choked by this net rope thing. But before he can get very far, we hear Umbridge scream as she's being lifted up into the air by none other than our favorite terribly named giant. Meh! Grop. Grop. Which is interesting because, again, this mirrors the fact that it's a centaur who picked her up in the book. Mm-hmm. But much more dramatic to have it be a giant. Exactly. They can lift her much higher. Mm-hmm. And this sweet baby boy does not have any idea who he's holding or what she even is, really. But he's looking at her as the centaurs start to close in and aim their weapons. And you're just like, oh, this can't be good. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. When the arrows start flying, Hermione begs the centaurs to back the fuck off. Not for Pepto-Bitchmall's sake, because nobody wants that, really. But for Grops, since he really is the innocent in this. You wouldn't expect that from the crowd. Any onlooker happening upon this right? would not think that, but he is. He is. He doesn't know any better. He doesn't know that he just picked up a giant cunt. I mean, before now, the only giant cunt he knew of was his mother's. So, you know, there's that. Yeah, that may <laughs> probably be. Yeah, mm-hmm. let's keep going because that gave me an image I didn't necessarily need. Yeah, he has really no idea what to do. And at this point, he just looks back and forth between Umbridge and the centaurs like, wait a minute, why are you shooting little pokey sticks at me? He then realizes that it started when he picked up this little pink bitch and he kind of puts two and two together, quickly dropping Pepto Bitch Mall to the ground while she's in the middle of a tirade that really just puts Nazi Von Douchebag II to shame. The minister will hear about this. Do you know who I am? I am senior undersecretary to the minister, which... Is both, you know, not how it happened in the book, but also kind of the sentiment of how it happened in the book. Yeah. I think the movie got the basics across pretty well, but they did leave out one of the sweetest parts. Like, whenever I read this part, I just get really aww. Mm -hmm. Because the centaurs actually back away from this giant. They do aim their bows at him, but they're like, this thing's big. Yeah. Bigger than Hagrid. Yeah. Intimidating. (laughs) And Grop is standing there looking around and just goes, Hagrid. (laughs) And nobody says anything, so he says it again more insistently. Sure. And Megorian starts yelling at him to go away. He's not welcome, which we already knew that whole attitude towards him before. Grop still has no idea what's going on and just leans lower and again yells, Hagrid! <laughs> Sweet little Groppy. And it clicks for Hermione, who whispers to Harry that she thinks Grop is trying to say Hagrid. Aww. And that's when Grop sees Harry and Hermione and recognizes them and stoops a little closer to them and just goes, Hermie! <laughs> and Hermione's just like, goodness, he remembered me! <laughs> and then he says, where Hagger? And when Hermione says she doesn't know, he goes, Grop want Hagger. And Aww. I'm just like, oh my god, he misses his brother. Oh, look at him. He wants his brother. Right? Oh my god, it's so cute. 
It's just completely a different side of Grop that we've seen thus far, heard about thus far. And you know what? It shows that despite what the centaurs had told Hagrid before... It was working! It was working! What he was trying to do with Grop was working! Yeah, it's so sweet. I just think it's so sweet. Now... It's not sweet enough that when he reaches for Hermione, it doesn't still terrify the shit out of her. And she screams and runs backwards and falls over. Gentle giants are still giants. Giants. And Harry's like ready to fight him with his fists, much like Ron was in the movie. (laughs) Yeah. But Grop gets distracted by the centaurs because he's not there to hurt Harry and Hermie. He's Mm -hmm. there to find Hagger. He wants Hagger. The centaurs are the ones with the weapons, so he starts knocking them over. Sure. And then the rest start firing on him. Which I get, but also poor Grob. (laughs) Right. His hand is only about a foot away from Harry. When he gets hit with about 50 arrows, I imagine every single centaur that's left shoots him right in the fucking face. Yeah. And he's innocent in all of this, and he just gets all of those little pokey sticks right in his face, and he, like, rubs at them, and it just ends up breaking the arrow shafts, but, like, leaves the heads of them in his face. Well, that's sad. Yeah. I'm like, this is awful. And the movie did not have it like this at all. He yells, and he stomps his feet, and the centaurs all run. Yeah. And that's basically where I decided to cut off this book chapter, because... Well, I think we're sad enough right now. Yeah, like... It kind of concludes to what is happening here with the centaurs are now gone. Exactly. Yes. We have just one last little thing from the movie section, though, which we deliberately saved to end this section on because, (laughs) as you may have heard earlier, it's fucking perfect. It's perfection. It is. The centaurs make a circle around Bitch Mall to either beat some ass or start a dance off. We're not quite sure just yet. I mean, really, if Michael Jackson's Beat It video has taught us anything... It's that it could be both. Why not both? Right? Nevertheless, Umbridge notices that the centaurs are leaving Harry alone and therefore begs him to help her. But y'all, sassy Harry came to play. Yeah. (laughs) And he just lays down the mic drop of all mic drops, looking straight at her and says, I'm sorry, Professor, but I must not tell lies. It's the best fucking line of the entire series. <laughs> Come on. It just. Uh, you know what? I will forgive one movie transgression for this line. Oh, yeah. I will. Maybe even two. It's that good. I, it depends on the transgression. Let's not get crazy. But it is a very good line. Now, will I forgive? Did you put your name in the goblet of fire for this no. line? No. No. Absolutely not. Will I possibly forgive the extended dragon chase? I could forgive that. I think I, I might. could forgive that. I'm not so sure about forgiving the montage. No. I uh, I will forgive half a montage. I will forgive... <laughs> a mon. <laughs> or maybe a Taj. <laughs> One, but not both. <laughs> not both. <laughs> like, I will forgive the montage, but not the exit of Trelawney. How about that? Okay. There we go. I'll take that. That's what we're going for here. Yeah, Harry fucking showed up to chew gum or drop mics, and he was all out of gum. And right after this, all out of mics, because he fucking dropped every last one. Oh, my God. When I got to this part in the movie theater, I probably (laughs) did an embarrassing thing then, too. (laughs) 
Oh, what? It was so good. It was so good. It's just so satisfying. And he delivered that line perfectly. Mm -hmm. It was the best. It was was, the best. It was wonderful. I loved it. No notes. I literally just want everyone's reaction on this because we didn't come across (laughs) a good pondering. We didn't. But I want everybody to just tell us how you felt about Harry's I must not tell lies. Yeah. Please just tell us. And then if there's anything else... Let's specifically make it what you are willing to forgive for this line. That's what we want to know. I was just going to say that. I was just going to say that. What yes. are you willing to forgive for the addition of this line? Or are you? Yeah. You know what? Our opinion is not the only one. We're aware of that. This may not have been the mic drop to you that we felt it was. And I'm sorry that you're wrong. But moving on from that, tell us that it wasn't. We would like to hear from you too. Yeah. For sure. This is about all we got. There wasn't a ton of things to ponder about in this since it was fairly straightforward on correspondingness, even if things were changed. It still lined up really well. Sure, yeah. But yeah, let us know. There's no Sorting Hat story again, but feel free to send yours in if you want it read. For sure, please. You can email it to us at forfoxsakepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know your house, wand, Patronus, how you got into Harry Potter, and anything else you might want to share with us. Or you can message it to us over social media. This week's trivia question is, what does Ron mistakenly call the crumple-horned snorkak? The first one who responds with the correct answer and the code word hashtag whatever will get a sticker. Another way to get a sticker is to rate and review us through iTunes or Facebook. Make sure to email us at forfoxsakepodcast at gmail.com to let us know you did, and we will get back to you to figure out which sticker you want and where to send it. Don't forget to find us and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at foxsakepod. Following us on Podbean at foxsakepod.podbean.com will get you the episode as early as possible and give you a leg up in answering the trivia question. You can also go to our website at forfoxsakepodcast.com to check out our For Fox Sake and Harry Potter related merchandise for sale. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel where we post our weekly podcast episodes, cooking show episodes, vlogs, bloopers, and other random videos. If you would like to support us as a patron, you can sign up on patreon.com slash foxsakepod. $2 and up a month will get you some awesome perks like For Fox Sake swag, access to patron-only Facebook groups, chats, our Discord channel, virtual hangouts, and more. As always, any support you can give is greatly appreciated, even if it's just telling your Harry Potter friends about us. And if you don't have any Harry Potter friends, there's another reason to join our Patreon, because you will meet some of the best Harry Potter people ever. I mean, just the best people ever, really. There's that too. Period. End of sentence. And join us next week when we talk about the second half of Chapter 33, Fight and Flight and the corresponding film scenes. Thanks for listening. We hope you hear us again. I'm Katie. I'm Ellen. And in the meantime... Keep calm and hear on! Oh, for fuck's sake. Mm-hmm.